Hello. Question. Why do other people's opinions about you matter so much to you? Oh, it's not just you. It's all of us. Why? Why do we need to define our self-image through other people's eyes? Someone walks by, calls you fat, suddenly... Ugh, I'm fat. Someone walks by and calls you skinny, suddenly... Ugh, I'm skinny now. Neither of these incidents make you fat or skinny. They make you clay. Something that's easily molded into an image created by someone other than you. Also, you are not clay. Have you ever heard that Aristotle quote, to avoid criticism, say nothing, do nothing, be nothing? You can do that. It'll keep you safe. Maybe. But I'll give you the for sure part right now. If you don't know who you are, here are two guarantees. One, someone's going to tell you. And two, I guarantee that won't be who you are or what you want to be. And then people will say, okay, well, you shouldn't care what other people think. Just stop caring. No, no, nobody nope. That's not how it works. There's a science to why you care. And I'll share that with you today. But I also know this because I'm right here with you going through these same things. And yes, as always, I've got my own embarrassing stories to share. Or as I call them, embraceable stories. Either way, doesn't matter what you call them. Because as long as you laugh with me or at me, you're laughing. And that'll make my day. Her hair is curly. Her teeth are pearly. She's got an edge, but she's still pretty girly. Oh, oh. Nothing rhymes with Dahlia. Starting today. Starting now. Everything changes. After our conversation, you will walk away or jog away or sit away, whatever the case, you will have a takeaway that will alter your default thinking, that will help change your coping mechanisms and help you see that you are so much better than you think you are. And like I always say, if you're still here, you're proving that your strength is greater than your struggles. Yes. Say that with me right now, even if you're saying that in your head because there are other people around you, just say it with me. Your strength is greater than your struggles, but also replace your with my because it's your strength, not my strength. And why am I whispering? I don't have anyone around me except for Fozzie Bear. But look, starting today, starting now, everything changes. You will learn the three science-backed reasons why other people's opinions about you do seem to matter so very much. And I will give you three tools to disarm these opinionated weapons that people are tossing at you. But first, a couple of personal things I have to thank you for. One, you're here. You can be anywhere in the world right now. And you choose to be here with me. And it's kind of funny because a listener sent me this mug with all of these words on it, words I say without even realizing I'm saying them or expressions I use that I think no one pays attention to except maybe Fozzie Bear. And it was so very thoughtful. Oh, and if you haven't met me yet, Fozzie Bear is my mini golden doodle. He's a rescue, but he rescued me. But I dahlia grass. See, that's one of the words she put on the mug, dahlia grass. But this was especially something that got me because she sent this to me saying, 
I fill her cup with this podcast. And I thought, wow, so now you want me to fill this cup with my tears? Because I will. I really will when you tell me something like that. But the same way she says, I fill her cup, she fills mine. And just by being here, you're filling my cup too. So I really need a bigger mug. And two, here we are at episode 22, and I am blown away by how our community here is growing because of you. Because you share the podcast, the videos, and those, I thought I was the only one thoughts. And I have been loving your messages, your reveals, your shares, and it means the world to me. So thank you for that. Now, for our conversation today, if you're new here, like I've said before, while I may be a motivational speaker when I'm doing that in whatever venue that people have asked me to be that, that's not what I am here. I'm here to be a friend to you, possibly, probably the friend you need to be to yourself and the friend that I need to be to myself sometimes too. And I may not be a psychologist but I'm someone who's a journalist by education, and I've been a radio talk show host for about a decade now. Not only do I research information I give you, but for the past 10 years, my studio has been like my classroom. I've had the privilege to speak with world-renowned experts in trauma, anxiety, healing, empathy, all of these topics all over the map. The list goes on. But I'm also a life-tested expert on some of these topics, including this one today. Think about it. As someone whose career, though I would prefer to say mission and not career, takes place on a public platform in the public eye, I take my passions and package them up to distribute to strangers anywhere in the world and pretty much say, here, Please judge my work. Please determine in a public forum whether or not I will be able to continue doing something like this, how you feel about what I'm doing here. And please, please don't hold back on your opinions for the sake of my well-being, please. I mean, that's, that's where I'm at, right? And so when I started in this, 10 years ago, earlier than that even, I really fell into my perfectionist trap from the beginning. But perfectionism isn't striving for perfection. It's really striving for safety. It's striving to get it as right as possible for as many people as possible, except yourself, so that you can avoid blame, avoid shame, avoid criticism. Basically, Perfection is like the opposite of authenticity. And as someone who is inclined to those perfectionist behaviors, and that goes back to childhood trauma, and that's in a separate podcast episode that you can listen to with Dr. Gabor Mate. But as someone who can go back into that perfectionism trap so very easily, especially when I have to package all of these things up to give to so very many people. If I'm going to package perfectionism, I'm not going to package authenticity. 
And that is when nobody will care about one word you have to say. So I have had this on a great scale, on a grand scale. And you know the funny thing? People do not respond to perfectionism. You put it out there, they turn away. They don't feel the real connection to it. You know what people respond to? Authenticity. That means the mess-ups, that means the real-life moments, that means the real-life truths, that means, dare I say, being who you are, not being the person that you're defined as by other people. Like, when I started as a talk show host, a talk show host on radio was defined as a certain thing, to be a certain way. And you know what? The more I tried to be like that, the more I stood out, but not for the good reasons. It was because I just couldn't fit in. It wasn't who I was. And then I decided, all right, I'm just going to be me. Even though that is not the personality, that is not the way a radio talk show host is known, I'm just going to be me. And when I'm me, when I'm my authentic self, I'm going to screw up. But you screw up the least amount when you're actually authentic to who you are. So if what you are looking for is connection, which by the by is air, life, science, and that's not from the Dahlia National Research Institute of Dahlia Research. That is science. You need connection. You need to have people who believe in you to help you believe in yourself. You need to have people in your life so that you can breathe better, eat better, live better, sleep better. That is part of balance in your life. And you need those healthy people to surround you. And so many people think, no, 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 no. I don't need healthy people to surround me. I don't need people. I can do this on my own. Let me tell you, you are just trying to fool yourself if that's what you are telling yourself. If you can do this on your own, why do you take everybody's opinions to heart? And then let's say you develop this thick skin that so many people tell you to develop, right? Develop a thick skin, develop a thick skin. Do you know what else that means? If your thick skin is going to protect you and make you this impermeable object from all of these bad things, you know what else it's going to make you an impermeable object towards? All of the good things. So if you don't want to feel the bad things, I'm sorry, you're not going to feel the good things. It's not a thick skin that you need to develop. And that's what I thought from the beginning. I thought I need to develop a thick skin. No, because then I was never feeling the good things. I didn't feel the rewards. I didn't feel the connection. I didn't feel like I was accomplishing anything. And I felt so very alone because of it. It's not the thick skin. When you define yourself, you get something better that protects you. Your self-worth. Your self-worth protects you from the inside out. And nobody can even see it. That's the beauty about it. You don't have a wall in front of you. You have a strong core inside of you. And self-worth, that's a tricky puppy, which confuses a lot of people, actually. And we're going to get to that in just a bit. When I give you those three reasons why other people's opinions matter and those three ways to defy it. And after this conversation, those words that people try to define you with will suddenly have so much less power just for the knowledge that you will have empowered yourself with by the end of this episode. You don't even have to do anything, no mantras, no devotions, because it will just be in you and understanding 
is part of the battle that just just takes care of itself. Well, sometimes. I mean, I understand that my floors need cleaning, but that's not changing anything. I'm not going to say Adalia Gress again. I already said it once this episode, and now I've kind of said it twice, but that second time doesn't count. But look, this doesn't mean you still won't have work to do. Oh, there is always work to do, and anybody who doesn't think they have any work to do on themselves, that's somebody who has built up too thick a skin to feel the feelings. And there's just no healing without feelings. And I swear I never read one Dr. Seuss book as a kid. But on the other half, when you're working on that, know that the rest of us need to work on it too. Now, I want you to think about that comment that someone once made to you that just, it just stuck. Maybe they said you have a big nose. Maybe they called you an idiot. Maybe they called you a loser. Maybe it was your mom or your boss or a stranger just passing you on the streets. Or maybe they didn't even have one word to say to you, but just looked at you with that funny sort of look and you thought, well, I'm never wearing this awful shirt again, even though I thought it looked good. So someone says something, whatever it is, right? And suddenly, oh my goodness, I never realized I had a big nose before. Or I didn't think I looked fat in this. Or damn, I'm stupid. Really? If they said to you that you were blue with pink polka dots, would you be that too? Or no, that's ridiculous, right? But nothing else, nothing else that you never thought before until this person said it is ridiculous there nothing the other things those are all true because they aren't as ridiculous as blue with pink polka dots let me tell you blue with pink polka dots is kind of actually more believable for somebody to say than to say you're stupid you have spent your entire life with yourself someone makes one comment in passing and that defines you they have defined you did their did their words get etched into your body for all to see Did they post a sign on your back that says loser? Did they step out of the 1990s? Because I don't think that anybody even uses that word anymore. I'm making it sound like I stepped out of the 1990s now. But look, that person who has said whatever it is they've said, they've taken this withdrawal from your social bank account and it is depleting you of all of your investments that you have made over the course of your life, do you really think that all of your investments have so little value that one person's comments can just dismiss them, take them all away, take your uh, balance and put it to zero? I get it. You feel judged about your looks, judged about how you behave, judged about your intelligence, how good you are at this or how good you are at that. So how can a person's words define you, but your worth cannot? And not only have you been judged, but you've been duped. How could you, you who has known yourself your entire life, how could you not have realized what an insignificant low form of life you are? Oh, you silly rabbit. And I'm talking to you and me here because we all go through this at some point. And here's the thing. We live in a society that demands you fit in, that demands I fit in. So yeah, you will feel this way. 
It's competitive. It's individualistic. But that doesn't mean you just accept this. It doesn't mean that you believe the mean. It doesn't mean that you be mean. I mean, hurt people hurt people. And I didn't mean to use that many word plays and so many similar words in one sentence. I just get carried away when I care about people. And I'm doing it again. But listen, when you don't define yourself... These things people say will attach themselves to you and insert themselves inside your identity and it will become so hard to see you as you really are, to grow into the person that you truly want to be, to live to your potential. So before we get to those three reasons why other people can define you and the three ways to defy that, here's a little personal story which I never wanted to share, but here we are. Because every time I tell myself, I won't say that, or I'm not going to share that, or don't say that out loud, I do. It's like every don't is an invitation to do. And that is what I told myself when I was 10 years old. I said, every don't is an invitation to do. And apparently, I've lived by that for my entire life. But I guess we're doing it. So one day, I meet this doctor at this event, one of these la-di-da events that I need to go to for my job at the time. And she's a super successful plastic surgeon. She's been in all of those magazines that line the checkout stands at the grocery stores. You know, when your cart is full of food and they are in your face telling you how to lose 10 pounds in 10 days or whatever ridiculous thing they're telling you. And I know people in the industry who have seen her for whatever cosmetic refurbishments they're looking for you should see her. She knows. She just knows. She's the best. She'll pinpoint your problem and fix it. I should have known from those last words there, pinpoint your problem and fix it. So, okay, we're at this event and a colleague points her out to me. You should talk to her. She'd be a great guest on your show. I don't know if I would have her on my show. And next thing I know, my colleague is introducing us. And I don't know what to say to this woman. I don't really want to invite her on my show. But now we're in a conversation here. So just to keep things plain and simple and not to get too much into anything, I say, I've always wondered about liposuction. If I removed my stomach fat, would that fat just come back somewhere else? Why did I just say that? First, allow me to make a disclaimer here. I don't care if you ever have any cosmetic procedures, as long as you do it for you and not for someone else who's trying to define you. It's like, I'm a vegetarian, but I don't care what you eat. What you eat is between you and your colon, right? But one, I should have known better, especially after I told you about that entire undercover plastic surgery story I did. I go into this in great detail in episode number nine, Fake is the New Real, and two, but I really have always wondered that because as a kid, my big brother would make fun of my belly and my mom would always talk about her belly. And so that has been a focus. I've never had liposuction, but I know the science is that if you have a certain number of fat cells, they grow or shrink throughout your life. 
They can increase in number, but they can't decrease in number. That is unless you physically remove them, like with liposuction. So I've always wondered, if I removed my fat cells from my stomach, if suddenly... If I gained weight, all of that fat would go to, let's say, my butt or my thighs. So, of course, I have to start a conversation with this doctor about something I never intended to talk about. I'm very good at having those sorts of conversations, by the by. And so she says, well, I really don't think your stomach is the problem area on you. If I were you, I'd have my flanks done. Flanks? What are flanks? Immediately... I think flank steak. I may not eat it, but I watch Food Network. I know things. And so she sees I'm confused and she touches her own flanks. So I understand what she's talking about. And you want to know what flanks are? Because I didn't really know until this point. But flanks are that outer, upper, hip sort of area that, I don't know, I might just call my hips. But that is what flanks are. Please don't start looking at your flanks. And now I remember that I just told you just mere moments ago that every don't is an invitation to do. So go ahead, please do look at your flanks, but don't do what I do because now, just like that, she tells me that flanks are my problem and I have a problem that I never saw as a problem. So I smile and find my way out of this conversation and find my way to the restroom and look at my juicy flanks. First, isn't meat supposed to be juicy? But I see them. I see them. I never saw them before. And now every time I look in the mirror, and especially today, I bet after I've told you this whole story, I will see my flanks. I can't unsee them. And now that you can't unsee them either, picture this. This is a conversation I had with a doctor, a medical doctor. If anyone else would have told me that I had flanks that needed attention, I'd say, no, I don't. I'm vegetarian and walk away. But this is a doctor, a person who stands on the moral high ground of her Hippocratic oath. This wasn't a a blatant transgression. All of her goodly doctor deeds automatically balance out any condemnation of what she has to say. And now that you have envisioned my flanks, let's picture something entirely different. And stay with me on this. We're going somewhere here. So we have a doctor who's a respected person in society, and she is just doing her job, right? Her job is to sell you something that makes her money, essentially. So me, she was trying to sell self-esteem, I felt like, but okay. I see this video on TikTok, leg lengthening, leg lengthening. Do you know what that entails? Now, this can be medically necessary. Perhaps your legs have a big discrepancy or for whatever medical reason, you need to have this done. Now, if people choose to have this done for aesthetic reasons, you know what? I'll support that. Absolutely. What I cannot support is this societal behavior that pushed that person there. This man in the video was five foot seven. He had this brutal surgery to increase his leg length by three inches. I don't know his reasons for having it, but I do know the societal pressures when it comes to height. And I do know men have a lot of 
pressure for this. I also know as a five foot tall woman, my height has been at the butt of many a joke to this day. By the by, I am not short. I'm concentrated. But there's a doctor in this video who is selling his leg lengthening, his leg lengthening services. So all of the sudden, you have this pressure from a respected person in society who is selling you something. Maybe it's self-esteem. Also, if you see me reaching for something on a shelf, please help me reach it instead of watching me climb to reach whatever it is and taking pictures, shelfies I call them. Yes, that happens. But all of this to say, why do we look to the outside for worth? for worthiness in so many different ways. That doctor was not speaking directly to any one person on TikTok saying, hey, come here, get your leg lengthening. But any one person who doesn't feel their self-worth, well, that one person can easily hear what that doctor says and feel like that doctor is speaking to them again. Why do we look to the outside for worth, for worthiness, the body, the bottle, the drug, the outfit, the house, the car, the person on your arm? Goodness gracious, even dogs are accessories these days. Everything on the outside seems to be defining people. So that's the obvious bit of it, right? But now we need to get specific. Now it is time for the three reasons why other people can define you. And then we'll get to the three ways to defy that. So reason number one, why other people can define you. This is science. And there's a couple of parts to this. So first, you need to understand what direct learning is. This is something that you've been taught by your parents. You were taught by your parents, you were taught by their parents, and this is the importance of certain stereotypes that you must maintain. It is a, a prerequisite for just these normal, common grounds of communication with your peers, with the community, relationships, family. This is basically social etiquette, conversation, how you need to present yourself. Second, there's another type of learning. You have direct learning that you were taught. Then there's passive learning. You get this through society. You get this through community. And what's the number one community in the world? Social media land. And to be accepted there, well, you literally need to follow what's trendy. What is trending on social media? That is what hashtags are for. And in return, you get acceptance, appraisal, and love. Oh, sweet love in the form of likes, shares, retweets, mentions, duets. Now let's say, let's say you achieved something significant to you. Let's say you got a promotion or you started a new business. Or maybe for you, something significant is getting out of bed because you are struggling and that is a big deal. And yes, that is significant. Now imagine posting a picture to Instagram with your new achievement. You're so proud of it. And now from all of those people, let's say you have 400 friends or followers, whatever you want to call them, because friends is not a real word and neither is followers in this case. But let's say you have 400 people who are in your follower account on your Instagram account, right? 
And now let's say on that picture that you're so proud of, you get 20 likes. What? 20 out of 400 people liked that? Only 20 people are validating your achievement? That can give a lot of people a feeling of rejection. The feeling of rejection, as researchers say, is mirroring actual physical pain. So you feel pain and wonder, what's wrong with me? Even as a success, I'm a failure. Nobody likes me. So reason number one, why others' opinions matter so much, while they either confirm or reject whether you're a fit for whatever society or social media land is passively teaching everyone. You're either in or out, baby. You're either a success or a failure. You're either one of us or who are you? So to be completely non-sciencey here, other people's opinions matter because they can make you feel like you belong. And in a world where loneliness is on the rise, Opinions make you feel like you are not alone. Now, reason number two, there's an internal struggle when it comes to your value. And this is something that people confuse, conflate all of the time. You have your self-worth and you have your self-esteem. In short, and I'll expand upon this, but in short, think of your self-worth as off-limits. There's no edit access. It's in view mode only. You're the only one who can access it. Anyone else can see it, but only in how you act and react and carry yourself. And remember, predators always know when it's low self-worth. Now think of self-esteem as though it's open access edit mode. Anyone can alter your self-esteem. You get up in the morning with all these words and images on the screen and have all these people lined up, ready to click delete, 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 trash, empty bin. Bye. Yeah. And it's so important that you get this. So we're going to look at it again. Your self-worth is about who you are your inherent value that you have, whether accomplishing some monumental feat or just rolling out of bed. That inherent value is always the same. That's your self-worth. Your self-esteem, on the other hand, well, that is a dangerous, slippery little slope that we often conflate with self-worth. Self-esteem, and by the by, that slippery slope takes you down the path of comparison, and comparison is the thief of joy, and to an extent, the thief of sanity. No, it really is the thief of sanity, and it is 100% the thief of self-esteem. Let's look at this. You're having a bad day, because happy people don't go to social media land to say they're happy. You post a picture on social media, probably a picture of you looking happy, right? Because now you're comparing yourself to others and you just don't measure up. You're trying to copy the norm here. And seriously, the norm that you see is not the norm because we have the saddest generation with all of the happiest pictures. But you need a boost of self-esteem right now. And you're waiting for those likes to roll in on that happy picture you just posted and nothing. Your self-esteem is crumbling. It's in withdrawal. You've checked your phone enough times now 
nothing's going to happen. You just put it down. You watch a mindless TV show. And then maybe a half hour later, you go back to your phone. And what? Some likes have rolled in. And some comments. Ding, ding, dopamine. It's been confirmed by others. You have value. You look good. You do belong. And bang, zoom, your self-esteem soars. So essentially, what's self-esteem? Other than something that consumerism steals from you in order to sell it back to you. But what is self-esteem? It comes from comparing yourself to others, looking at the external so-called successes and achievements, which means it can also go just as easily as it comes. But self-worth, that is your value. You were born with it. You will die with it. And no one can take it away but you. Think of it like this. Self-esteem is, uh, I made a mistake. I'm now a bad person. And self-worth is, I made a mistake. I did a bad thing. I'm still a good person. All right. Reason number three. Yeah, I know. I've made mistakes too. And I've said, oh, I'm a bad person. No, you're not. No one is mad at you. Do we have to go through this again? We talked about this last episode. No one is mad at you. Just because they didn't text you back, it doesn't mean that they're mad at you. When you don't text somebody back, it's not because you're mad at them. It's because you have other things to do. Not everyone is mad at you. Self-worth. Now, reason number three why you will think that other people's opinions matter so much. And this is a biggie. Psychologists call it cognitive distortions. I call it faulty wiring because I'm not a psychologist. Now, last episode, we spoke about getting stuck, stuck in your childhood trauma. And just to drive this puppy home, because I'm pretty sure this puppy ain't home yet. That's why when someone doesn't text you back, you think they're mad at you. But when you don't text someone back, it's because you're busy. But look, maybe that person is mad at you. Oh, now I've just freaked you out. Calm down. That person isn't mad at you. But maybe that person is mad at you. Again, this is just hypothetical. Or maybe they are completely overwhelmed with everything in their life and just didn't text you back because you know what? They are busy. Why is your default that that person is mad at you? Your brain's job is to keep you safe. So it helps you form connections between thoughts, ideas, actions, and consequences to protect you. And this function can get distorted. Think of it like your body is wired to protect you, but at some point you had to rewire this in your own do-it-yourself way to adapt to all of these different situations. And maybe it was in childhood trauma. And now years later, that trauma is well in the past, but your brain has developed this faulty wiring where the connections, they're just not related. I'll give you an example. So my little puppet Muppet, Fozzie Berry Pie, or Fozzie Bear, as he is known, since that is the first name of his 136 other names I have given my good, good little whole wheat shreddy. He's my rescue mini golden doodle that I told you about. Almost 13 years old. I've had him for almost 11 years. 
And to this day, even today it happened, whenever anyone walks near him carrying a bag, he flinches and hides behind his mama's legs. Why? Before I had him, he had been abused. No one has hurt this little pup-tart in more than a decade, and I will not let them. But here we are, almost 11 years after the fact, and his little brain tells him to duck, protect yourself, that bag can hurt you. Now back to those cognitive distortions. That person who's not texting you back, uh-oh, what if they really are mad? You won't know unless you ask them. You probably still won't believe them 100% if they tell you otherwise, but it's best to come up with the worst case scenario because you have to be ready. You are ready to protect yourself. You need control. You are so afraid. You need to take control by creating a story that hasn't even happened yet, but you're controlling that story in your mind, but you're controlling that story. You get it? Now you have the three reasons why others' opinions matter so much to you. Reason number one, they matter because they can make you feel like you belong. And in a world where loneliness is on the rise, opinions make you feel like you are not alone. And loneliness is the equivalent to your health of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Reason number two, self-worth versus self-esteem. So just remember it this way. Self-esteem is, I made a mistake, I'm now a bad person. Self-worth is, I made a mistake, I did a bad thing, I'm still a good person. Reason number three, cognitive distortions. That faulty wiring in your brain that is trying to do its best to protect you, but it's kind of making things worse. Now, what you can do you have these three reasons why others' opinions matter so much to you, but what you can do to defy that, what you can do to fix that, what you can do to cope with that, that's next. So now you know the three reasons why other people's opinions about you matter so much. And here are the three ways to fix that. One, figure out who you are. Define yourself, believe it, and grow with it or grow into it, whatever you want to be. But how do you know? How do you know what's the right choice? How do you know what you want to be? How do you know who you are? Trust your three brains. This is something I learned from Dr. Gabor Mate. And you really have to listen to that conversation if you haven't heard it yet. But you have three brains, your brain, your heart, and your gut. When those three align, you have your truth. But how do you know if they align? You'll feel at peace. You know that feeling of peace that you've had maybe once or twice, maybe more if you're lucky? That feeling of peace is when your brain, your heart, and your gut align. Even if it's a decision you didn't want to make, you will feel at peace. A very simple story, just to give you an idea here. From the start of my career, I was told that no one is ever going to take a girl, didn't call me a woman, called me a girl, with blonde curly hair seriously. I was even offered a pretty cool gig 
at the beginning of my career when I barely had any experience to be on TV with a big media outlet if I straightened my hair. And I said, no, I will not do that. And by the by, you have spent the last, I don't know, 38 minutes with me or so. And have you been taking me seriously? My hair's curly right now. Even has a little pink in it. Number two, the 80-20 rule. And I can't take credit for this puppy. It belongs to Victoria Brown, a mental health speaker. But it is such a good rule that I had to share this with you. Let's say 20% of people just They're never going to like you. It's just the way it is. The temperaments don't jive. You might rub them the wrong way. They're just a certain way. It just doesn't work, right? That whole oil and water cliche. You're never going to be good enough. You just accept that. You just accept that. Accept that there are 20% of people who are just never going to like you no matter what you do. But that means that there's 80% of people who are great. 80% of people who think you're great. Okay. So with that 80-20 rule in mind, I want you to think about some negative comment that rolls in from this person who says, whatever it is about you, back to whatever one of those comments that has stuck with you from the early days. And every time you look in the mirror, or every time you think back to that moment, you feel like you don't look good, or you feel like you just don't measure up in whatever way. Oh, you know who that person is? That person is one of those 20 percenters. It's a 20 percenter. Who cares? Who cares? That person is a 20 percenter. Doesn't matter what they say. So anytime you get one of those bad comments, just a 20 percenter. All right. That's a 20 percenter. You've got a bunch of 80 percenters left. So who really cares what that person has to say? And you know what? You're often going to notice this and just be prepared for it because people don't really tell you that this will happen to them. And so you might think you're the only one that this is happening to. You know how you often hear people say bad times show you who the great people are in your life? You know, those people who step up for you when you're going through something tough. Well, you know what? I think good times good times can show you even more. Because if you can share your success with someone and they rejoice in your success with you, you've got a friend. You've got someone who cares. Because what seems to happen is success creates, your success creates an opportunity for envy in other people. So other people who don't have their own self-worth They need to try to dip into your self-esteem to increase theirs. Has that ever happened to you where you've shared some good news with somebody and you felt like this is really great news and then they just sort of dismiss it or it's like you never even said it. I was sitting and having a conversation with someone just the other day and it was like, 20 minutes into our conversation already and we were just catching up and this person 
hadn't even asked me about me yet. So I kind of felt like I wasn't even there. I kind of felt like I wasn't even in this conversation. So I just volunteered some information about something really good that happened to me lately. Hint, you were part of that information because thank you very much for being here. But I digress and shall continue. And how did that person react? Nothing. It was kind of like a, oh, moving on. Never asked me anything else about anything I had to say. Never showed any interest. If someone cannot rejoice in your celebrations, in your success with you, if people are not there for you in the good times, people are not there for you. Do not let them drag you down. Do not let them dip into your self-esteem. It may seem as though that person, well, it's innocuous. They didn't say anything bad to you. Not saying anything is sometimes the worst thing that someone could say, so to speak. And now we come to number three of the ways that you can defy other people's opinions mattering so much, how you can fix this, how you can cope with this. Number three includes my three don'ts. So there are three inside of this, which makes it like it's five, but again, I have never been a math show host. I have only been a talk show host. My three don'ts. Do not neutralize your uniqueness. Do not let anyone neutralize your good news with their jerk holery. That's being a jerk hole. And do not let others' insecurities dictate your confidence. If at any time you think you have neutralized your uniqueness or someone has neutralized your uniqueness, well, take a step back and now imagine living the rest of your life without that uniqueness. Imagine getting out of bed every single morning without that uniqueness. Hmm. That is not living, my little blueberry muffin. So don't play small because the world makes you feel that way. Who are you supposed to play? You. Play out your purpose. If you don't define yourself and let others do it, you will never know who you are. Think of it this way. Everything in this world has a purpose. Every insect, every lake, every tree, every person has a purpose. And trees are lucky. They don't have social media and narcissistic trees surrounding them. They know their purpose. They just do it. They tree. What's yours? What's your purpose? Because every living organism in this world has a purpose. You cannot be the only one, the only thing in this world without one. Do you feel fulfilled waking up every day like this? And more important, I know you work hard. I know you are doing the best you can. And you haven't taken all of these years to try to move forward, to try to be better to try to heal from whatever traumas you're healing from. 
just to allow someone to trigger that part of you that feels so small again. And as my Bubby would say, do not allow a pisher to take anything away from you. Blowing out someone's candle does not make that person's candle shine brighter. Maybe you don't feel like you fit in. Maybe that's because you're not meant to fit in. You're meant to stand out. When conformity is the cure for social anxiety, conformity is also the cause of it. Don't let it trap you in its web or world wide web, as it were. Mm. And what's a pisher? Well, it's literally someone who pees. Put the Yiddish to English transliteration on it, though, and it is someone of little or no importance. So there it is. Pisher. Use it well. Anytime someone decides to tell you what you are, just think to yourself, you're Pisher. And you, you have your self-worth. Find it. Use it. And if someone thinks you're too much, tell them to go find less. Okay? Okay. So thank you for dropping by the Neighboralia, for your kind messages, for allowing me to use words like Neighboralia and still dropping by, for your sweet comments, for sharing these episodes. So please, you know what? Share this with a friend, someone who needs to understand these three reasons why you feel like other people can define you and the three ways to defy that. And as your friend may I ask you to please leave a review wherever you listen to this? It just helps people find the podcast more easily. And I just want to help people live and help live. And since you're here, I'm pretty sure you just want to help people live and help live. Oh, and you can also just follow this podcast wherever you follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss any of our episodes. And why not ask your friends to do the same? Because the more we can grow this community of connection the more we can help people. Just don't forget to help yourself in the process. Don't worry, I'll remind you. Now go live and help live. Oh, oh, nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Nothing rhymes without ya. Neighboralia.